You're listening to Reflections, a soul music podcast with Jamie and Ash, where we discuss the classic albums with the classic songs. Welcome to another episode, but it's the first episode with a title. <laughs> so welcome to <laughs> Reflections with Jamie and Ash, where we talk about the classic soul albums. And currently we're doing Neo Soul era. Mm. So mid nineties. Ash, how are you feeling? Yeah, good. Good, good, good. It was uh, after the last episode, it, it allowed me to listen to this album that we're going to be talking about with new ears. and it actually gave me a different appreciation of it. Um, so yeah, it's good. Yeah, me too. And we'll definitely get to that because yeah, I definitely got a different appreciation. I think it's the, uh, it's the format that we're applying to it. It's like makes you listen to it differently. Well, me, mm. definitely. Okay, and the album we're doing is The Urban Hang Suite by Maxwell, considered by many to be uh, the, the defining moment of the era, depending, depending where you lie. You know, it's like, uh, I always see it like Bloods and Crips. It's like some people are just like <laughs> D'Angelo, some people are like Maxwell, and then you get the other set that's like, nah, it's all about Erica. So, but some people would consider the Urban Hang Suite the moment. Ash, initial thoughts before I just reel off a whole bunch of boring facts about it. Um, I, d- I don't think it's the moment. Mm-hmm. But I think it is a very big moment mm-hmm. in terms of just solidifying what that scene was all about and showing that that scene not only had like amazing music, but also had sales potential, also had potential to grow the industry, make money and, and build not just, a, not just a sound, but a scene and a, and a feeling and a movement um, that obviously at its core was was for and about black people and the afro experience but it it surpassed that and you know it's music that um has inspired and and been enjoyed by all races colors and creeds absolutely as i was saying before we started recording i was i was watching a lot of interviews from uh, maxwell and it was it was interesting to hear especially him speaking now as a as an older person looking back 20 years on or I think it's 24 years since the release of the album talking about mm. how you know people talk about like he's the guy he's the neo soul guy and he was like no d'angelo was the guy d'angelo made it possible for me and it was it was it was interesting because like i say i always feel like it's a ken ryu bloods and crips type thing between those <laughs> two but but maxwell was just like no he's like d'angelo's the guy like i was just the second guy like d'angelo's mm-hmm. the dude so that was interesting Anyway, to those boring facts for uh, folks that like boring facts. So, the album, The Hang Sweep, recorded in 1994, but released in April 2nd, 96. So, wow. he was sitting on it for two years. And he was saying um, in these interviews, he was like getting antsy because he had all the stuff ready to go, right? The record label, which is Columbia, part of Sony, they were just umming and ahhing, like, oh, we're not sure. And then, obviously, 
Brown Sugar came out in 95 and then they were like, okay, maybe this can work. Which, yeah, we, we thought that was the case, right? That's mad. That's mad. That's crazy. Mad. That's crazy Two enough. years. Wow. Two years, man. It was weird hearing him speak about it. And I was like, is he exaggerating? As if... But I like, went back and checked, checked, the, uh, checked the facts and the figures. Ni- recorded in 94. Mad. In essence, he was shelved. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Pretty much shelved. Because like, you, you've recorded an album and the label hasn't... Because I, I, I doubt very much that any singles came or anything. Like, a single was released and it flopped, so we didn't do anything. They just didn't do anything. That's mad. No, it, and, and the weird thing about it, um, hearing him talk about it, he, he said that... So, basically... He was signed, but he was, he had recorded the album. He was, he had done a few sort of like industry gigs, you know, like tasters for the industry and stuff like that. He was on the cover of either, it was either Essence magazine or Vibe magazine, but he said he still hadn't come out. So it was like, you know, when they do that thing, one to watch, but there was mm. no and he was still going to his day job at a, at a cinema or something. He was working at a cinema. And he was like, he's like it, it was so weird. It was like, how could he be on the cover of this magazine? No music out. It was like, it was like what are they doing? Weird. Mm-hmm. It was, he said it was a weird time. And it was like, Brown Sugar came out and changed all that for him. So, yeah. So like I said, Labels Columbia, the producers on the album. Oh, oh, no, 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 no. Let me go back a bit. So, in terms of sales, it went two times platinum in the States. Okay, so that's two million copies. And, which was surprising for me, it, it sold 100,000 copies in the UK, which is mm. gold, which is decent, mm. I, I would say, for, for an American soul import from that, in that, era you think about it that's the era of like Britpop pop and all that stuff and oasis and below right, and peak 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 right Britpop. so yeah. that's that's pretty decent i would say it's a pretty decent show mm. um the producers on the album so you got maxwell under the pseudonym of musa do you remember having the album and looking through the credits and, and thinking who the hell is this musa person like uh, I, I can't say i did that <laughs> That's interesting that he did that. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, so that was, that was Maxwell. And then the next person who was kind of like an executive producer is a guy called Peter Mokran or Mokran. I'm probably destroying his name. And he is primarily a mixer, but he's got some production credits. And he was, it's like he was charged with overseeing the overall album, a bit like, um, when we when we did the Brown Sugar album, the um, the other dude whose name escapes me, who was it? The Power. Yeah, Bob. Thank you, Ash. Good yeah. work. Yeah. So that kind of that kind of babysitting role. Um, but he's got a lot of credits behind his name. He's uh, he's got production credits with R. Kelly, um, and he's worked with Aaliyah, Diddy, Stansfield, Snoop Dogg, Prince, Quincy Jones, but that mainly in a. a a mixing capacity he's a he's a master mixer but executive produced this album and the third producer my boy Stuart Matthewman <laughs> um, who uh, has got did is kind of responsible for the sound of Sade I guess um, producer but 
not only producer, guitarist and saxophonist. Did you know that, Ash? Did you know he played sax? I didn't, but that that, that makes sense, even right? Even more sense. <laughs> <laughs> it makes all the sense. Now I listen yeah. to all the all the sax lines on the album, and I'm just like, so oh yeah. yeah, oh my, God, that's that's him. Okay, cool. So let me see. Any more boring facts? No. Okay, cool. So let's get into it. Um, I oh Ash, so I discovered something, and I think the internet is lying to me. So. <laughs> <laughs> because or my or I'm going senile. Right. So I remember. I'm. How many singles do you reckon got released from this album? All right. I don't know. I'm gonna. I'm gonna say three. Right. Exactly. That's what I thought. Right. Is it five? No. They reckon it's internet reckons it's four. Okay. Okay. So the internet reckons it's four. And right. let me tell you the four. Well, you know the three because you, you're thinking Ascension, right? Mm-hmm. You're thinking something, something, and you're yeah. thinking till the cups come knocking. Yeah. Right? And I can, cool. I can see a fourth. Right, but the fourth you're thinking is not the fourth that the internet reckons. So what are you thinking for the fourth? Well, it's one of two. I need to check the names. <laughs> the W's is, is the obvious choice, but might not have been the choice. Okay. It might well have been. Hold on. Let me pull this up. Ta-da, 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 ta-da. I reckon Dance With Me might have been released as a single. Incorrect. The internet, ah, the internet reckons, right? And I thought it was the W's. <laughs> yeah. I thought it was the W's. It wasn't the W's. It reckons they release as a fourth single sweet lady the proposal jam now i'm like hell no you know why that doesn't make any sense to me because it's a it's a quintessential album track for a start secondly when i went on on youtube i couldn't find any video for it Mm. but there is videos for whatever there's a video for whatever wherever you know the the w there's a video for that right but that i couldn't find any release date for that so I, but I actually remember watching the W video. It's weird. Anyway, and 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 researching for this, like my like everything that I thought I knew, I didn't know. So maybe it was maybe it was a double A side. Maybe, maybe Something like that. Anyway, do you, shall we? Do you want to go in order of release? Or... Yeah, 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 let's do that. Let's do All that. Right. The internet reckons. Again, I remember this so differently. But the internet reckons <laughs> that the first release was Till the Cops Come Knocking. Whoa. Whoa, exactly, Ash. And that's why I'm starting to think that it's a whole US, UK difference here because that is not, that is not the first track that I heard or in my mind was released. I'm yeah, thinking, no way. I'm thinking it's going to be either Something Something or Ascension. They're the two that I remember long before Till the yeah, Cops Come Knocking. Yeah, Ascension was... Definitely my first introduction to him, without question. And that was the video as well. It wasn't even right. just right. hearing the album and, you know, getting caught up in that. Okay. That's wild. So what was the date on that then? Let's, uh, let's do it, it reckons, that way. It reckons May 15th, 1996. Okay. Um, and what did I say the album was released in April, right? Yeah. So April they dropped the second. album first and then they dropped that as a first single. That's what the, that's what the internet is telling me, Ash. 
That is wild. That is, it's, it's mad times. <laughs> it's, it, it seems like it was okay, the wild why, why do we both think that that's mad as a first release? Because it's not, it's, it's, <laughs> it's a single. Definitely is a, a single. But it's not, it's not the one that if you want to, if you want to wow people and, and it's, it's not, the, it's not the one you want to wow people with. Ascension is the one that you would open up with. Or if you, if you want to not open up with your, with your Stone Cold hit, then open up with something, something, which is again, it's a nice intro to him. And it's a, it's a nice summer. Anyway, we'll get into it, but you get, mm-hmm. I, I would have chosen those. Till the Comfort it's a slow jam. And in the mid nineties, the R&B scene, they loved the slow jam. Mm. And maybe they thought it would have, it would have married nicely with what was happening in the, in the R&B scene at the time. That's the only, that's the only, that's the only thing that makes sense for me. I don't, I don't know. But anyway, it's a banger. <laughs> it, it is a banger. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Before we go into the track, so to try and justify it being go the first on. single release, I go would on. go along the lines of as much what you were saying about the R&B and the slow jams and stuff. Mm-hmm. Also, the impact D'Angelo had and it, the feel around him and the sound. I, I think if we go through the album, mm-hmm. that song is, is probably the song that kind of clo- is the most closely fitting to Brown Sugar and, and that album with the way the guitar is, the way it's really kind of stripped back. It's quite low, it's quite dark. A lot of this album as a whole is really warm. Um, the bass lines are really warm and it's, it's, it's full. It's not as as raw and as hard as parts of brown sugar are. Um, so yeah, I reckon some, some smart person in the label or yeah, let's, let's do the one that's closest to the one that, that everyone's gushing over. Right. Because again, Ascension, even though it's the obvious choice is a step away from everything on brown sugar. It's a different type of, of soul vibe. Totally. Um, totally. So yeah, I, I think someone was trying to be smart. It, it wasn't smart, but it doesn't matter because it works. You know, <laughs> it, it, we're it, here now, twenty odd years on, and we're still talking about the album. So, exactly, you know, what, however they worked it. But yes, it is. It is a ridiculous song. It is yeah, yeah, it's so, so good. Written by Maxwell himself, clearly, and his long time, which I learned, his long time um, writing uh, partner and producing partner, um, a childhood friend called Hod David. Never mm-hmm. heard of this man. So, but apparently, and watching interviews and videos, he's been there since day one. He's written like a lot of the, a lot of the tracks that we know and love. Um, he's been on it. Hod David. Awesome. No, that's uh, nice. So it is nice. Um, and produced by Maxwell himself and the Peter Mokran guy. Okay, so written, and, written by Maxwell Hod David, Produced by Maxwell M. Mokran. And it's a stone cold banger. And easily, because I'm a I love a slow jam. Easily my favorite, my favorite track on the album. And it's the one track that I come back and listen to most from this album on a regular basis. <laughs> I don't know what that says about me, but um <laughs> but all my life. But um yeah, I just I love it. I love the groove of it. I love I even love the which 
I come to now recognize as cheesy lyrics. I even love the cheesy lyrics, um, but the the musicianship on it as well. Just just the production, the production of it is just it's just so it's just so correct and right for me. From like I said, the bass the bass line, the 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 way the guitars work. It's just it's just correct. BV's correct. It's just like it's like it's how I like my slow jams. So mm-hmm. you know, I'm I, I I see myself as a slow jam connoisseur, and from <laughs> and for me, it's it's right in the pocket of where where I like my slow jams to be. Yeah, it's, it's yeah, it's dope. I think it's uh, it's uh, given where the way that R and B music had taken, you know, songs like that. You know, Jodeci and Mr. Kelly and, you know, Wayne Marshall, like all of that stuff. They, actually, they, they actually else. I know, I know, I know you have to rep the UK, but Wayne Marshall, man, don't, don't do it. You still got that one song. You still got, and that one song exemplifies what I'm talking about with how that they talked about sex in slow jams. In oh, songs. man. I'm actually, and, a, I'm actually and, an undercover fan. And this this song just takes it back to the way it should be spoken about. It's like a grown version. Like Absolutely. this is what a jam is supposed to be. And the, or, or this is how it can be, you know? Yes. Um, I definitely wasn't ready for it when this came out. So uh, yeah, it took me a few years to really kind of get into the song. It wasn't the one that I naturally kind of went to, but you can't deny the brilliance in it, which, and again, which kind of, goes over the whole album mm-hmm. the musicianship and the musicality the way it's all kind of put together some of his runs on it as well are oh, just man. incredible like it just really shows off how good a vocalist um he is and the way he he works the track with his voice um and the way that the group just kind of keeps on going and it, they kind of drop it down a bit and then they pick it back up and then they slow mm-hmm. it down a bit and they pick it back up again. Like, yeah, it is. Mm. Yeah. So let, me good. Ask, let me ask you a quick, quick question. Um, so when you say at the time you weren't ready for it, was that because the, the age you were or, or what were your tastes at the time or? No, that's an age thing. That's an age thing. Just, like, just a again, being yeah. like 15, yeah. 16. Yeah, yeah, of course. You, you are more thinking about the Jodeci stuff, like as opposed yeah. to that. This mm. is, it's a more grown sound. Um, and yeah, you need to be in relationships to really enjoy it and really appreciate it. Yeah, no, I make you right. And probably this is like showing like our differences in age here because obviously you were, you would have been what you said, 15, 15, 16 yeah, at the time. 15, yeah. That 15. makes me, yeah. That makes me about 19 at the time. I'm right. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking like I'm right. What he's talking about. I'm thinking I'm right there. That I, yeah. I'm probably in my first relationship at the time. My first real relationship. I'm, I'm thinking Maxwell, I know what you're talking about right there. That's, that's where my head's at. I'm like, I've moved on from all this Josie stuff. I'm like this. I'm, I'm talking about man love now. Not man love. That sounded weird. <laughs> that's, getting edit, that's, get, sense, that's getting edited. So, but, <laughs> yeah. but it, it makes it yeah. grow. It is yeah. grow. You know, proper. Yeah, it's um, just an, just a quick aside. Watching some of those uh, interviews with him, he he harkens back and he uses um, um, Marvin Gaye 
as a as a regular consistent example um talking about how wanting to do things um in a grown-up manner or what's to be you know wants to have a certain sort of quality and a certain maturity to his music and he just always talks about marvin gay this marvin gay yeah like i mean we when we were talking about the d'angelo album in the last episode and we yeah. talked about how it was very much 95 96 mm-hmm. and stuff this album isn't that this album is a kind of a a throwback to the 70s uh late 70s mid 70s sounds and you know the marvin gay um the marvin gay comparison and, and inspiration again makes perfect sense this is you know this is the next Marvin Gaye album, really, if Marvin Gaye was still around in the 90s, mm-hmm. you know, this is the album that you would have wanted from him. This would have been after 10 years of not doing anything since... Uh, oh, why is this all good at my head? Oh, oh what's his big... What's his big sexual healing? <laughs> not doing anything after sexual healing. He yeah. comes back with this masterpiece of an album, 10, yeah. 15, this would have been it, like perfectly um yeah so good yeah and here's a um here's a tie nicely into that so on this album he had um he also had um one of um the collaborators that collaborated on marvin gaye's um what album i want you so that album, which is like a classic. So Leon Ware, so Leon Ware, who's a who's a longtime writer, um, he collaborated on a few tracks, um, and also um, I can't find the gentleman's name right now, but also one of uh, Marvin Gaye's guitarists who also worked on that album was also all over um, this album as well. Mm. So, so that's how it makes sense, right? You've got Stuart Matthewman who's working with Sade, you've got that Sade sound running through the album as a theme. And then you got you get you get those Marvin Gaye vibes, which and it makes yeah. sense because he's got Leon Ware on there, sort of like writing writing some tunes and sort of getting involved. It makes a lot of sense. Mm. And Ash no, let's do it. Let's do it at the end. Let's go through the singles and then we'll talk about the album as a whole later. Yeah. Um so that was Till the Cups Come Knocking. So the second release, um, which is probably to our UK, to, to us UK based people, I, rec- I reckon it was the, the first release over here, I reckon. And that would be Ascension. I don't mm. think, I don't, I don't think the, the record company said over here, they would have been like, no, Ascension's the one to go for. That's why I reckon, we, that's how I think anyway. So according to internet, second release, Ascension, don't ever wonder, um, and it's no surprise that it's his, it's his biggest hit, um, well, biggest hit from the album, not his biggest hit. Um, released July 30th, 96, written by Maxwell, of course, but another gentleman who I've never heard of called Ital or Ital Shur, and his only, his, his only sort of like major credit um, that I recognize is he's credited with writing, co-writing Smooth for Santana, Rob Thomas. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's, mm-hmm. a, he's a co-writer on that, but that's the only sort of like major credit he's got. Um, but he, he co-wrote that with 
Maxwell and produced by Maxwell alone, that one, which is... What a credit to have. Hey, Ashley, I know, I know how you love this track. And before you, before you go into how much you love it, um, let me just tell you. So the chart positions, I didn't have the chart positions for uh, um, Till the Cups Come Knocking. That's not me. That's not an oversight. I just couldn't find them anywhere. But for this, I've got, um, so in UK, its highest, its highest uh, peak was, its peak um, position was 28. Um, in the US pop charts, its peak position was 36. And in the, on the R&B charts, it peaked at number eight. I know. Number eight. Number eight. Really? Whereas I've got, I've got, if I can find it quickly, I've got the facts from D'Angelo. And yeah, right here, right? And his biggest one was, what was it? Lady, right? Mm. And Lady got to number two in the R&B charts. I reckon it was because it was, had that, it was more hip hop infused. Whereas mm -hmm. Ascension is, like you said. Yeah, so. Exactly. Tell me about how much you love Ascension, Ash. Uh, it's just it. <laughs> uh, it is the, the perfect introduction to an artist that you could get. Why any label would not think to lead with that song is just madness. The whole intro, like it just, as soon as it starts with that bass line, and you're just okay. What's what's this? Mm. I'm feeling this. This is a bit of a this is a bit of a mean baseline. What's what's going on here? And then he drops the note, and then he and he doesn't stop. He just he just stays. He just keeps on going and going and going and going some more. And then the track comes in. Like what? What better introduction to an artist? that you've never heard of before, a sound that hasn't been, been played or used for years, and this new artist is bringing this back to you in his own package with this amazing, incredible falsetto. Mm -hmm. like, and you're just like, what is this all about? And you're in. You are in, if you, if you are, or, or you've switched off. Do you know what I mean? Uh -huh. You know, you know. yeah, no, I'm not into this. Mm. But I've got to say, like, uh, I used to do talent shows and the amount of times people would try and sing that, <laughs> try and sing it. And a couple pulled it off, you know, but yeah. everyone has done it in their car, in their shower. You know, they've tried to hold the note. They've sung along with him. It's iconic. It is right? iconic. And, it, and, and as a singer, it always looks, it's, it, it's one of those lines that sounds way more, simple than it actually is because i've mm. i've actually tried it on numerous occasions and yeah 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 just just the breath control for one. Oh man yep like but then to hold the note to you know to not waver off and to dip in the way he does oh man the, mm. the, con the vocal control he shows delivering that and again it's not oh, it might have been a comfortable place for him but i don't i don't think singing in falsetto is is a comfortable place for most male vocalists. No. Like, it's not where I prefer to sing. No. I, I don't really know many who prefer to sing up. They might sound better. They might, they might like the sound of their voice singing up there, but actually singing up there isn't easy. It's not no. straightforward at all. Um, but look at this. Like, spent two minutes or so just chatting about that one note, <laughs> let alone the whole rest of the tune. Mm -hmm. Like, it, 
oh man, so good. There's so much going on there with the musicianship that we, we keep on coming back to. There's this overall warmth to the song. The video was perfect as well. Just again, this guy in this shirt and this hair flying like it's man, uh, they it's it. it's uh, like you say. Even the video, it shouts, it screams, um, introducing Maxwell because it is it, the way it's shot is so like yeah. it's it, you know what it looks like to me watching it again. It looks like um, some kind of fashion advert because he looks like a model right he's obviously got models in the video and it just looks like next thing you're gonna hear you're gonna be like oh something for men or whatever whatever like some fragrance (laughs) or something because it it looks like that and it and it it screams i can imagine when people saw the video they were it was just like what the hell am i watching who is that and what is this i assume i reckon because for me even though uh, Stuart Matherman hasn't produced this, he's, uh, he's playing all over it, um, this particular track. It's the most Sade sounding track on the album. I think it just, and for us UK people, I mean, she's, she's probably bigger in the States now than she is in the UK, but she's pretty big still then mm-hmm. in, the, in, the, in the mid nineties. That would have been like, wow, we recognize this. This, this is what, this is the kind of soul that we like over here. You know what I mean? Cause yeah. I, I think for, for me, a lot of it, a lot of it was familiarity. It didn't sound American in, in, in that way. Um, like, cause even, even though it had that quality, it didn't, it didn't, it didn't shout like, um, this is a, this is a, what am I trying to say here? It had UK sensibilities, that type of, that type of song. I think it's the way the groove was, the way the baseline is and stuff. So different from what, um, D'Angelo was doing and um, it's it's funny hearing um, Maxwell talk about it because he says he's um, he always felt like not fraud he didn't use the word fraud but he always felt like um, in the states they wouldn't think he was he used the word black enough because he's he was coming from left field because he said he's he's half he's half Haitian half Puerto Rican and he was saying like coming from the Caribbean, he didn't have sort of like the backstory like a D'Angelo where he's like grew up, grew up in the church and he's doing this, you know, his dad was a minister or, or whatever. And he's coming, he's doing this sort of like proper soul. He's like, he's got the whole backstory. He says, well, whereas I am doing sort of like it's soul, but it's kind of not what you expect or what, what those other type of people are doing. And I'm like, that made a lot of sense to me. And Considering that the UK soul, especially back in the 80s, it's a lot of it comes from sort of like the Caribbean influences. That's why it yeah. has that. That's why, that's why it's different. So it made a lot of sense. But, and it made a lot of sense why he probably gravitated towards uh, a Stuart Matthewman who'd done that kind of style with Sade and stuff like that. So a lot of it, it was like coming full circle. And I was just like, my mind's blown. This makes so much sense to why, because I always felt like, why is this American guy doing this kind of stuff? Because to me, it sounds so UK to me. The, the, the whole, well, this album, the rest of his stuff, yeah, I think it's more traditional, sort of like soul, American soul, but this album definitely is always screamed UK. And this song uh, epitomizes that for me. Um, I love it. Not, 
probably as much as everybody else, um, but it's still quality. Um, and just for the just for the reasons that you mentioned, you know, it's it it sounds like it sounds like a band playing, which which again talking about that's how D'Angelo music sounded. This is what Maxwell music it sounds like. It sounds like it's a real band, real instruments. Um, and yet again, even though we've only we've had D'Angelo already, you're still in '96. You're still like man. That is something. This is like this sounds like real proper quality music. I and just, I mean, it's it's a tune as well that you could you could put on in a bar at the start of a night and just be cool and chilling and yeah. setting a vibe. Yeah. But in exactly the same respect, because of the history and the iconicness of the song, you can throw you can put it on in the middle of a jam and have a whole sing along crowd just going with that chorus and just singing along to it and it being a vibe and being amazing and just working. It's that powerful a song and that, yeah, iconic is, is the best word for it mm-hmm. because, you know, it just, it stands apart from so much else. Like I, I don't think, if I really think about the neo-soul movement as a whole, like this song kind of backs up some of what you were saying at the start about it being the moment in neo-soul. Like I don't think it's the moment, mm. but... A song like Ascension is a reason why they call it a moment because it Mm -hmm. really just blows up that whole live sound, quality of vocals, quality of music. This is what this soul music thing is all about. And I feel like it's the song, like every every artist, I think, um, especially in this era, they have a song that um, is their calling card. And I think Ascension is his more than, and, and he's got, he's obviously up to now, he's, well, I think he's on his fourth or fifth album, whatever. He's got a lot of tracks, a lot of great tracks, but I think Ascension is the one you, you think of now when you think of Maxwell. Guaranteed crowd sing along whenever he goes to, whenever you go to his show. When I went, to, when, I, when I saw him live, that was the one, you know, he just lets, he just lets the crowd do it. And yeah, mm. it's, yeah, it is iconic. Cool. Anything else to say on that one, Ash? No, just the fact that I love that on the live album, the MTV mm-hmm. live album, mm-hmm. he actually just completely switches it up, gives it a whole new groove, gives it a whole new meaning, lightens it up, makes it even like happier and upbeat. And for someone to do that with their signature track and get away with it yeah. and pull it off and make it sound like it even... Yeah. You know, make it sound like a whole new song. Like, again, it's testament to his songwriting ability, which just mm-hmm. means it's a great song, whichever mm-hmm. way you shape up those chords and stuff um, and arrange it. But also, um, like, he don't care. No, he doesn't care. Like, he's, just, he's just a bad man, like, in, in his own way, sorry. Like, but... Yeah, I know you mean. Like, you know what? I know you want it like that. I know you want to hear that bass line, but I'm going to give you something completely different and you're still going to feel it. And you know what? You do feel it. Yeah, right? he, he does the same. Uh, I think on that live album, if I remember rightly, he does the same until the cups come knocking. He, he sings a different lead melody. It's not the melody from, from, the, from the recorded album. Um, and I think, I think that's a theme with him uh, moving forward. Hence why... Um, the second album, Embryo, was so different from this one because he's like, I'm not doing the same. I'm not, 
like he just he basically he he's a proper writer you know uh, and he he like he just doesn't he just always wants to grow he's always about growth and um finding that new thing or that that new melody or that new sound or oh, i'm into this oh and and you know he's got like eclectic tastes cause, so because anyone i mean he's obviously a fan of kate bush right so you know his tastes are eclectic so he's not going to do the same thing all the time and he's he is going to be get easily bored with the same sound i mean he's never done another album that sounds like hang sweet has he mm. not really no that's the that's the only one something mm. something ash third release from this album and the boring facts uh released i've only got uh december 96 no specific day but december 96 um no 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 i'm looking at the wrong thing ash this is terrible this one's written by maxwell and leon Ware. um this was the marvin gay um mm. and chart position i've got the internet records 27 in the uk so it reckons it did slightly better in the uk than ascension did but um i couldn't get the us ones for this one this was the track i first heard this is the one this is the one that introduced me to maxwell i was having a driving lesson actually I had a driving lesson and my driving instructor uh, a man named ron uh who was a musician himself a drummer he would always have choice fm uh, playing in the car and uh, Choice FM dropped something something and um, it was uh, it took it, <laughs> it, it caught me off guard because um, the intro the uh, the drum roll mm. um, that's not how songs started back then and you could I could hear that it was like that's, uh, that's those are proper drums because it's, it's Choice in 96 you know they're playing like Jodeci and all that kind of stuff, right? So you're not hearing, you're used to hearing sort of like programmed drums and, you know, synths and stuff like that. So you hear this and then obviously the, 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 the groove, the bass groove comes in and then his voice, smooth. I was just like, wow. And then the guitar, ching, 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 ching. Oh, I was like, what? This is me all over. And I was just like, I was invested immediately. I wanted to know who he was, what was going on, like, and then, and then when I finally saw him, and it, the thing about it, it's 96, right? So you, you got no internet, you can't like run home or go on your phone and Google mm. like who, who, who it is or do Shazam or Shazam the track, like people do these days. So it's like, you had to wait. Um, you had to sort of like, oh, those days were horrible, right? You'd have to like, you know, we listen to the radio and you like, you miss, when they say the person's name, you miss it. You're like, what? What was that? Oh, man. And you have to wait till the next time they played the track to, to find out who it was those days. Uh, mm. You young people, you don't know how good you got it now. So, yeah, when I finally, finally found out who he was and saw him, I was just like, he had such, as a, as a, young, as a young aspiring artist at the time, like, he had such a profound effect on me because... I'm not gonna lie. I, I, growing up, I was like, my idol's Prince, and we know how Prince is. Prince is about his look, and he's about like owning the stage, and I just love all that. And then Maxwell 
he shouted like that that's who i am i'm i'm going to be dynamic i'm going to be like everyone's going to look at me you know like really in your face with yeah. his image right and i love that i love that like more so D'Angelo's not like that it's like D'Angelo, like he came out as like it's going to be about the music it's not really about me i'm just cool i'm just chilling here right which um, in itself is is an image it is an, it is an image but then but then I always, I always felt like, um, like someone. I don't know. I don't think it was D'Angelo himself. But when he came back with Untitled on Voodoo, and he came back like Sex Symbol, I think that was like a direct, like someone. I don't think it's because I don't think he's comfortable with that. Mm. I don't think that that's that's a D'Angelo thing to do. It's like that's more of a Maxwell thing to do because I think Maxwell's in love with himself, which is not a bad thing. <laughs> which is not a bad thing. But he clearly, he clearly, not maybe not so much now, but clearly then as a young man. You could you could tell he was into his look, and at the time Why I loved that. Be? Sorry. Why wouldn't you be? Why wouldn't you be exactly? And at that time I I loved it. I loved everything about him. I was like he's he's approaching this thing in a way that my nineteen year old self at the time wanted to, and I was just like, yeah, not like I want to be that guy, but he definitely he definitely influenced me into just just like if not musically, then just look. I mean, I grew my damn hair. Like, you know, I grew and I rocked an Afro for years, you know, like four years. And it was because of him, um, no one else. So, yeah, something, something would always be um, like more special to me than Ascension, even though probably Ascension is the better song. But something, because it's my first, because it was my introduction to Maxwell, it'll always be, it'll always be that. It always be that special one to me, and it has, still has, still exhibits all the all the qualities we mentioned. That Ascension's got like the bass groove. Um, this is this one's probably the the more summer. That's why I don't believe that December '96 release. I don't think it's just. I don't, that makes no sense. It makes none whatsoever. Um, but summer track and yeah, great song. And again, like I s- said before. A clear single, I, I, in my opinion. And I, tell me, how do you feel about this one, Ash? Oh, yeah, this is my song. This is the oh, song oh really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Song. I thought Ascension was. I thought Ascension was yours. Okay. Uh, Ascension is is amazing. Yeah, it yeah, is. But something something is 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 more me. It's um, well, yeah. It's, it's the guy seeing the girl. <laughs> that song. It's the guy seen the yeah. song. You know, I see you. I want to know you. I want to get to know you. Come over here. Talk to me. Let's, you know, let's just chill. Yeah. It's, um, it is that age old story, which is why it's a great single. Cause it's something that people can relate to and girls would like to be looked at in that way. And guys, you know, feel that way. It's, um, it's something that I always used to play in the DJ sets because it, it just sets the tone. It's mm-hmm. nice. It gets grooving. Um, it just always puts me in a good mood whenever I hear Whenever I hear those drums come in at the start, it, again, almost near iconic. Not quite iconic, but near iconic. Yeah, exactly. And it actually, if I was A&R in this record, mm-hmm. like I would have had a really hard time trying to pick between the two as a single, as a lead single, because they both... They're both introductory tracks in their own way. They're, they're yep. both, and exactly the, the way that you just described it, that was your first impression of him, mm-hmm. and it did the job. It ticked oh, every man. single spot. Absolutely. It brought, it brought you into him. And, you know, in the same way that 
the bass line does it with ascension it's mm -hmm. actually those drums that do it with um with something something mm -hmm. it just it grabs you straight away and his his vocal ad-libs at the start aren't as iconic as ascension mm -hmm. but there's something about it that makes you want to keep on listening and and delve more into his voice and find yeah. out right what what, what, what is it going to sound like at the end chorus how is exactly. he where is he going to take us and he and he takes you like oh, he, his uh again like listening to this album after recording the Brown Sugar podcast, mm -hmm. just made me appreciate him as a vocalist even more and just recognize just how good he was. He's a much better vocalist than D'Angelo is. D'Angelo's great, but Maxwell is on another level. Like yeah. in terms of how he controls his voice, how you can hear every word that he's saying. And, you know, it, it just, and again, this, is a, this track is another great example of that. Like his range, his ability, his power—he's just. Um, mm -hmm. uh, he is—he's someone that every vocalist should be looking up to as how it's done, how mm -hmm. to use the full range of your voice effectively, how to be powerful, how to be soft, how to use your falsetto, how to get down and to growl, and you know, mm -hmm. like he can do it all. And he, yeah, yeah, he a feel good tune. Yeah, he's definitely um, as a vocalist. Um, I I definitely felt like at the time I want to sing his songs. That they're like we sing in the same vocal range. I sound nothing like him. I, I'm nowhere I, I nowhere near as good as him. But we sing in the so, same vocal range. So again, at the time, another reason why I just just jumped on him. Like he's he's doing what I want to do and he's singing what I want to sing and he's singing like I want to sing. It's mm. had everything for me. Definitely one of my favorite vocalists, even, even now, even now. And, uh, obviously over time you, your, your taste change. But even now when I listen to him, I'm just like, Oh yeah, you sound amazing. And the control it's like you were saying, the, the, the ability to just go from your natural to your falsetto and back seamlessly is for people who don't know it's not easy. Yeah. It's not easy. And gaining that control, you don't, you're not, you, you can be born with a great voice, but you're not necessarily born with being able to control it very well. You know, that comes with practice and time and it's not easy, you know? So yeah, like you say, great vocalist. And I'm glad that this was your, your introduction as well, Ash. I thought I was alone there, but yeah, this was great song. Great song. Yeah, Not, it's just a jam. Yeah, uh, yeah, jam. yeah. Um, and this this is a nice um, actually segue because uh, what you said about um, um, being a great vocalist and having different, showing how to use all the many um, aspects of your voice. The uh, moving on to the final release. What what the internet says is the final release, although I don't believe it. But this is it's good for your example sweet lady sweet lady on on the album i think it's is it the last uh, yeah. it's the penult it's the, it's the it's the penultimate song right yeah it's the, it's the, yeah it's the one where he sings to, it's totally he changes because he's smooth the whole way through and then on sweet lady he's just growly and and harsh and like um a side of his voice that that comes out it, it comes out of left field for me even now, 
And we should say, uh, for those who've never listened to this album, um, The Hang Suite is um, uh, a concept album and it's a story. And it's meant to, you're meant to listen to it in, the tr- it in its entirety in the order, in the track listing order, basically. Because it, each song details um, uh, a certain point in a relationship that Maxwell is having. I think it's a fictional relationship, I'm not sure. But anyway... So by the time you get to Sweet Lady, which I think is the ninth track, I think, um, you've just been you've just been subjected to the smoothest of smooth vocals. And then you get to Sweet Lady, and then it is just it sounds like another singer. Mm-hmm. Well now I've got used to him. Obviously I know it's him, he's got that side to him, but at the time it just sounded like it sounded like has he brought in, is this a collab? Like who is this now? <laughs> like I just like, is this some other singer? So Again, showing his versatility. But um, I like this track. I like it a lot. Um, again, it's music-wise, music, music wise, um, it's, it's more of the same. It's, it's, it's a nice groove. Um, yeah, the, the musicianship, the musicality of it is, is, is tight. It sounds like a band doing a jam. It's no coincidence that it's called the Proposal Jam. Jam in the mm-hmm. title, because that's what it is. Um, yeah, I like, I like it a lot. I like it a lot. It's um, not one I come back to listen to on a regular basis, but if 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 I'm doing a shuffle when it comes on, and I don't switch, necessarily have to skip it, it's yeah, it's it's cool, and he sounds great on it, even though it is a massive departure from the smooth falsetto stuff that he does. Mm, I, I think it it works in in relation to the story of what he's telling. You know, yeah. like he's that that album, and it. I think it kind of makes sense to, for us to now start talking about it as an album. Yeah, because I don't, as much as there are standout singles, I don't think this is a hits album. It, it's an album that you you put on, you press play, and you keep on playing. Um, and when you when you hear the story of the album, and when you get to this point where he's had her. And then it seems like, and he's, he's completely, you know, giving all of his love to her. And then it looks like he's lost her. And now he's got her back. You can, it, it, it's, the change in his voice makes sense. It makes sense to hear that difference, mm-hmm. you know, because he's gone from not having her to having her back. And he's just making it very clear that I don't want you to go anywhere. You're here, you're back here now, and you're staying here now. And um, making, making that very clear to her you know mm. uh, and you and that aggression needs to come out i think um or that that change in tone that change in attitude to it this is serious um yeah i, I love the way he does it and i think it's again it's great storytelling on his part in terms of the whole album really yeah so it's, it's good that you that you 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 segued onto that because um, yeah the album as a whole I just decided last last night that um and I and I need to apologize because I keep going back because we did D'Angelo recently and I always feel like these these two albums are inextricably linked like so I I, I keep making a comparison and I think where I sit now with this I actually think that. And I, I can't believe I'm saying this. I actually think I prefer as an album of songs, I prefer mm-hmm. Brown Sugar 
as an album of songs because apart from maybe two and that's gone down to like one now there's only one skippable track on brown sugar right yeah i can just listen to that all the way through and it's great whereas this one no as an album of just songs there's a few skippable ones on there so after you've listened to it in its entirety and you've got the whole story which you only do you'll probably only do once or twice and it's and when once you're in that mode you're just like like you say great storytelling like amazing storytelling and you're like wow he 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 wrote this when he was how old so it's it's amazing piece of work like amazing piece of art in that way but standing outside of that and as just taking each individual track there's there's better i I feel like there're better songs on on brown sugar like more more complete songs i i would say um there are a lot of there are a lot of tracks that I, I would describe as like just fillers on Hank Sweet, but they're, they're meant to be because they're conveying an idea like dance with me and stuff. That's not like a fully fledged song as, as such. It's just like he's is de- detailing a part in the relationship. So on that side, I would say I prefer uh, Brown Sugar as an album. However, what I think that um, Hank Sweet does better than than Brown Sugar, which is probably why I come back to it more often, is that I feel like he has the single tracks, the outs- the tracks that are meant to be the ones, the outstanding ones, are better. All right, so whereas I, whereas we were saying that we don't think uh, Brown Sugar was a, um, an album of um, singles, so to speak, apart from maybe Lady, where you can just say something, something straight up single, Ascension, straight up single, Till the Cups Come Knocking straight up singles in your face and then even even though i think the song is so moist and i find it i can't listen to it even the w song wherever whatever whenever whatever that one <laughs> that yeah. song which i reckon i reckon if i went i think that might have been released after he did it on the live album and that's why it got a video because that that song's got a video so i reckon that mm-hmm. that's what i'll have to do more research into that well, it's so, the time when videos are really important as well, a lot more important than they are now. Yeah. Given that you can't just, you couldn't just look up and, and see an artist. Exactly. Exactly. So, the magazine they, or the video, they, they needed that coverage. Right. So. so they wouldn't have just made one just like for no, out of no, for no reason if, they, if it wasn't going to be like a single of some sort. So I just feel like Hank Sweet has the, the more, the better, the, the songs that I, that make me, and this is this is all from my personal perspective, okay? I'm not saying this is how it is, this is how I feel, that it makes me come back to it more often than a brown sugar, if that makes sense. Basically what I'm saying is, brown sugar, more complete album as a, in terms of songs, but Hank Sweet's the one I come back to listen to more often because it's got those, it's got those singular, tracks that make me that you just have to listen to like more stronger singles not that singles are the be on the end or but that's how i feel however um it's still it's still a great album in terms of of a concept album and if you're a person who likes um your albums like that like a like a um songs in the key of life or 
what's going on those sort of like classic concept albums this one sits nicely in that as well because it it is it is a great concept album yeah. you know if when you listen to it with we listen to it with those ears it's 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 mind blowing because it is a story and it does draw you in it's really effective at doing what it's supposed to do ash um yeah i i agree with a lot of what you're saying there um i think i think that yeah this this does have better singles i think it's really hard to listen to certain tracks without listening to the album as a whole um i think yeah like when you when you press play you you should be able to move through all of these songs without too much struggle and and kind of enjoy it as a story when you're when again if a song just comes up on shuffle it's easier to to skip through some of these songs mm-hmm. without kind of taking it in whereas uh if we yeah. are comparing to brown sugar yeah certain songs you need songs, context don't you you need context yeah. for certain songs yeah the 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 brown sugar they're just good songs and they all fit into that body of work as an album even mm-hmm. though there's not uh one line holding them all together he's actually holding them all together and they're just mm-hmm. good songs and i think really only only me and those dreaming eyes of mine compare to any of the kind of the hit singles mm-hmm. on the Maxwell album in terms of like real quality real standout songs mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, that's a that's a very fair statement to make. I think there's, yeah, there's a better, there's a better. I, I wouldn't say musicianship, but the musicianship is very high, just as high, if not slightly higher. But I, I just think it's about the song itself. They're just such mm. good songs, um, and he's packaged better than D'Angelo is. Like, yeah. At, yeah. at that moment in time, and even now to a certain extent, he's still a better packaged artist than uh, than D'Angelo is. It's just he's more he's, he's more aesthetic. He's, he's easier. It's an yeah. easy package to sell. Yeah, um, and it it works. But I, I, again, I just li- listening to this as an album. I just I love the groove that just kind of filters its way all the way through, and it's only really. Um, I had it in my head a minute ago. Whenever, wherever, whatever. <laughs> that that slightly goes off in mm. the sound. There's not really any groove on that song. It's just very pretty and very beautiful. And mm. yeah, um, a song that should be on anyone's mixtape or mix CD or whatever playlist to say that I love you to someone. It's, it's a wonderful song and it just works really well. Um, but yeah, I think that if I'm thinking about the best of the rest, um, yeah, I think that's my best of the rest. Mm. That song there, and um, that is that is the right answer. That is the is even and I, and I really like Dance with You as well. Yeah, I like I like the groove on it. I like the way he's talking on it. Yeah, <laughs> so it's a big tune. Yeah, i I would say best of the rest um, would be. Even though I do say it is moist and it is moist, but um, yeah, the whenever, whatever. I don't know what older it is, but yeah, that one is 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 a great track. And I think I think what you said about it is probably why um, I sort of I sort of mug it off a bit is because it is kind of, it kind of it's not it's not a left field song, but it's not it kind of does sit outside of the rest of the 
of the album. The rest of the album. Yeah, it, it, it does. It, You're right. It, You're absolutely it's, right. It's got a completely different uh, production quality to it. Mm-hmm. it. It's not like the high quality musicianship is there. The high quality vocal is there. The quality songwriting is there. It's just got this different... It's a lot cleaner. It's a lot... Yeah, it's almost, you know? it's almost like that famous producer who does all the pop stuff, uh, David Foster, like a, like a, like one of those guys who produced for a Celine Dion or a Whitney Houston or a Mariah, but that type of producer. Cause it's got that kind of vibe to it. It's got that kind of like, I could hear, uh, I could easily hear a woman, a female vocalist of that style singing that, singing that tune, you know, yeah. and it is a great song. And um, I'd be lying if I said that at the time I didn't rinse it. It, it got rinsed for a long time. A long time and then i decided that that's too moist i can't listen to that anymore <laughs> yeah and that's, and that's where i am now <laughs> at my age i'm at 42 i'm just like nah i can't listen to that song anymore it's, it's just too it's moist. definitely third single ascension yeah. first single till the cuts come knocking second whenever wherever whatever and then something something gets your fourth single that is, is that how is that how you do it is that your order that's how i would drop it is that how that's you dropped it yeah right Say it again. Say the order again. One more time. You, you Ascension. Do yep. Till the cuts come luck in. Yep. Wherever, whenever, whatever. And then something, something to put them back in. That is, those are, those should have been the four singles. Yeah, definitely. That order, Ascension definitely first. What did you say? Till the cuts come luck in. Yeah, I think, I think you can't, you can't fall in love with the girl straight away. I think you gotta have the girl first, then you fall in love with her. See, I'm just you that pretty. You know, I'm just worried about in that. I'm worried about doing two slow songs together, like back to back. But in the nineties, you could you could do that. It would have been fine. <laughs> it would have been fine. Yeah. So, yeah. No, that's fine. Oh, yeah. I can I can dig it. But you're right though that the the W song is definitely a single, and I don't know. It obviously became a single at a later date, but I don't know why it wasn't a single at the time it probably it probably would have actually garnered him more success on the pop side than you know like so someone in the record company missed a trick there like i don't know what was going on um but yeah that that would have definitely a bit like how um how after the 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 kate bush track how that brought him a whole new set of fans like after yeah. the live, after the live, it was like, well, what is this? And what is he singing? It's a caper song. Like, oh, and he's doing it like mad justice. Like, but we might have to do a podcast on. We might have to do an episode on the live album. We might have to do like a, as a as a as an aside, like a shorter like a shorter one because it is it it yeah. And and actually, Ash, I was actually thinking that we should do one uh, for because they've all got live albums to go with these albums so Badoo's got a live album that goes with Badoo, yeah. Badooism obviously this one and because uh, you reminded me that D'Angelo had the, the Jazz Cafe one which I've not, well, I listened to once maybe I would love to go back and do that so maybe we should do a, a live album one but we could do it all in one rather than mm-hmm. another series but anyway um, I think we're near the end what I would just say um, to the listeners out there that again this is another great piece of work from that era um and considering it was the second installment in the whole neo soul um story um it did 
a great job of taking it a step further. If we would have gotten, say, I don't know, I don't want to, I don't want to diss anyone. I use Eric Benet, but if we would have gotten like an Eric Benet, um, I think Eric Benet is a great vocalist and has got some bangers as well. So I do like him, but I use an example. If we would have had an Eric Benet album after D'Angelo, it might not have done the job of elevating, or if we would have had like maybe, I don't know, NDRE or something, something, but what we needed was an Urban Hang Suite after Brown Sugar. Cause it just, it just took it that next step. It took it to another level. Do you know what I mean? I mean, everyone will have their preference is and that someone might say I'm chatting shit and it's like uh, brown sh- sugar shits all over, hang sweet, whatever. But I'm just saying, I, in my opinion, I think it takes it, it takes the whole neo soul thing to a new level. And I, and I think it, if D'Angelo started it, started it, then I would say Maxwell gave it, um, gave it momentum. And I, and I think he, he was the one that probably his success was probably the one that made all the record companies say, we need to have one of these artists on our label. We need to have, mm-hmm. so then, cause then every label started getting one. And that's why you have your Eric Benet's, your India Rees, your, um, my gosh, there are, there are so many, I've got all the albums somewhere, but there, Rassan Patterson's and, and all those, all those artists. I feel like D'Angelo, but Maxwell Mo- Moore showed, showed the world that, hey, people want this near soul stuff. They, they want this and they, they want it badly. I would love to hear people's, um, people's impressions and their feedbacks on it because it might be totally different, especially if you never... It'd be interesting for people who are new to this stuff and hearing their take on it, they might just like, uh, yeah, it'd be interesting. Ash, yeah, no, how do you feel? I, I, I feel like it, it, along with brown sugar, helps set the range for all artists looking to move into this genre. It, it sets the the boundaries. Okay, so you've got the the more hip hoppy uh, modern sounds of Brown Sugar, and then you have the more throwback seventy sounds of of Maxwell and Hang Sweet. You can go anywhere in between this. Just mm-hmm. make sure the quality of musicianship is high, make sure the quality of your vocals is high, and make sure the soul is there and you're good to go. We've given you the guides. Yeah. Go do yeah. it. And a, in essence, that's what, what happened. That's a, good way of, that's a good way of putting it, actually, yeah. yeah. And if you're, and if you're thinking of not quite kind of passing the baton on, because obviously D'Angelo wasn't finished, but in terms of the neo-soul movement, it's, it's, almost like, it's almost like you're having Michael Johnson running the second leg of the of the four by one hundred, like someone who can hit that bend, who's not just because normally the second leg they're not too strong. They just no, they no. keep it moving. You have someone fast at the start, yeah, someone, exactly. someone pretty fast at the second, but but it's like having having someone who's actually no, nah, I'm going to take us even further, so we're even clearer mm-hmm. of everyone else. So mm-hmm. the third leg don't actually have to do anything. Like mm. cool, and in essence, that's what what it did. It set it all up for everyone else to go and, and do what they do. And it means that, uh, and Eric Benet, even though he doesn't have iconic albums, his albums mm. still did really well. Yeah. Because of the platform. Absolutely. Of what, of what this are. I, he might be worth it. I think he's worth looking at, to be honest. But. Hey, I, I, I love 
it, it would probably be anyway. We have a chat. Probably the second album. I, I like the first two. The, the any of the, yeah. the any of the first two yeah, were worth doing. But yeah. do you know what I mean? Like so, yeah. I, I think both albums just give the movement fantastic foundations to grow, which it did, which mm-hmm. it did, and I think everyone has to give thanks for it. Um, but yeah, an iconic album. Not for me. Not the moment of the movement, but. No, definitely oh, an amazing. Yeah, it's a piece of art. It's not just great music. It's a piece of art. It's yeah, fantastic. I feel, I feel you're right. It's not the moment. I think the moment will be, is either. <laughs> it's it to me the the correct answer is somewhere in between, Maxwell Urban Suite and the next one we're gonna do, which is Baduism. I think mm. somewhere around there is 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 the right is the right one, and. Uh, I'm so like I'm so excited to do Baduism next because I'm just like it's just like the end of a great trilogy and it's and it's weird how um, they came out like a year after each other in in sequence but there was like there was no one else at the time so it's just like why why was there no Jill Scott and Erica Badu or why wasn't any of the like the other albums coming out at the same time do you know what I mean like it's like it was it was almost like one a year, basically. Maybe uh, maybe Rasan Patterson's album. Maybe he had an album that came out. Maybe ninety seven. Maybe I'll have to go back and check that. But I, but I reckon they definitely had an album out in that time. Do you reckon it was ninety six, ninety seven time? I, I reckon it's ninety six. It might even be ninety five. Benet. That first album. Yeah, I reckon that first album is could be could be ninety five. Whoa, whoa. Like I don't. I don't think it's ninety seven. But, yeah. Oh man, could. that's gonna, that's gonna mess up my whole entire worldview again. It's no, not necessarily because again, you've got to remember that this is a time when, you know, yeah, ninety six. True to myself. That came out ninety six. Came out ninety six. So same. So before Buddhism. So I would have been into that. I was listening to that before. Hmm, but you might not have been because it's, it's yeah. not like, like unless you were in the record these all right so for one if they didn't have a U- uk release you wouldn't necessarily know about it in the chart in in the shop so if you were going into the shop to see what the new releases were that week it might not have been up in the wall i remember even an import I, so you but might I, heard it through the radio see i remember all right, this is this is going off on a tangent. I, I'll just say this one thing, and then we 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 will need to get to Eric Benet because it's really interesting. But I actually remember watching seeing his first uh, video on the box. Do you remember the box? We yeah. dial up, and so it was um, "Let's Stay Together," and I think it was from a soundtrack from a film. So what I'm thinking is that maybe, oh, I don't know. Oh man, I, I I would never have said that was before Buddhism. That's 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 wild to me. But yeah, I actually remember seeing him and seeing like, it's like who's this other like? What's this another guy coming in? Like I'm not I'm like I'm still but in my Maxwell. It, like what, but what, what is this? to a place where again labels need that guy. Mm. Right. Yeah. We're EMI, we need our Maxwell. Yeah, yeah. You know, we're exactly. with Sony. We need our Max. You know, it, it yeah, gets yeah. to that point, and and that's how much D'Angelo and Maxwell did for the scene where they created it, and then Bardu did it for female soul. That's yeah. why you don't have yeah. two of the same type at that Maybe. time. It's just mm. it's the origins of it all, and it's at a time when labels had the power and had the marketing. So it was like, 
right, we need to go and find our one of those and we're going to make it and we're going to put it out. And that's why you see the increase in 98, mm. 99, 2000 of all of those it artists. Just, it, just, it, just got, it just became wild. Just like, just mm. like Neo so everywhere. Um, one last thing, actually, remember the last podcast we were saying, um, I was saying I'd love to see a, a, um, oh, why D'Angelo Maxwell never did a, a collab. Mm-hmm. So um, I was watching a Maxwell interview on Breakfast Club and they actually asked him, so why have you never did, why, why, why have you never done more collabs with, with anyone, blah, blah, blah. And he was just like, he was like most of the ones he's done, they've always been like, he said, family he always like people he he knows so he did he did one with didn't he do one with um alicia keys or, yes he did like, yeah, did, yeah, did, 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 one, with, did yeah. one with alicia keys right and he said but because like he knows her personally she's from like the same neck of the woods and she was signed to his label like back in like like when she was like, when she was young she was she mm. was on the set so he he's always known her so he's like his family he he was saying he likes to stay where he's comfortable hence why he's worked with the same same guy, same writing partner for the last 24 years, whatever. He just, he, he stays where he's comfortable. And I was like, that makes sense. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I can dig it. If you've got a formula and that, that works for you, then that's cool. Ash, mm. we can chat, dude. <laughs> we have done, let me, let me just tell you, we have done an hour and 20 minutes. Don't worry, I'll, uh, I'll edit some of this out. But um, yeah. yeah, we can chat. But anyway, thanks for your time, my man. No, thank you. It's been a, great. It's, it's been another great one. I, I, I really enjoyed it. I enjoyed it more. Go listen um, to it, people. Please do. See you next time.